To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations for from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. The push to keep Gazans online. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. Today marks one month since Hamas attacked Israel, killing 1,400 people and taking hundreds of hostages. Israel has since responded by bombarding Gaza, killing more than 10,000 people there, according to Gaza's Ministry of Health. The Israeli government has shut off power and fuel supplies to the more than 2 million, mostly Palestinians, in Gaza. This weekend, Gazans experienced the third internet and phone blackout since Israel declared war on Hamas. Just over the border in Egypt, journalist Mirna El-Halbewi has been working to keep people in Gaza connected online to the rest of the world. She's part of a small group of people collecting donations of so-called eSIMs, which let users activate a cell plan on a mobile network without needing an actual SIM card. They work through scanning a QR code or putting an activation code manually in your phone. And then you can uh, connect your uh, mobile to the Internet. And you've gotten thousands of people to donate these eSIMs. Do you know how many people or families in Gaza you've been able to help keep online because of those donations? I've had 6,000, more than 6,000 people in uh, in Gaza to stay connected. That's a lot of people. Yes. And we have received more than 16,000 eSIM donations from across the world. So that's making a difference, it sounds like. Uh, of course, it's making a difference. But the the right for communication and internet access now is like the same right for food and water and a proper way of living. So cutting off the communication and uh, the internet access for 2 million people, for me, this is outrageous. Even the 6,000 Activated ISMs won't make a difference. We need like 2 million ISMs activated. So it can really make a difference. And to your point about this being such a critical utility for people, internet connectivity, um, as we're coming off of this weekend where there was an internet blackout in Gaza, is your inbox flooded with more requests for ISMs right now? Yes. 
people are freaking out. People are panicking because there was a blackout for the communication and the internet access. So millions of people who um, didn't have the chance to um, have an ISM were not being able to connect with their families or uh, friends or their loved ones, not even with hospitals, not even with anyone outside the world. Uh, so when the like the tiny and slight week of connection was back in their phones, they kept sending me and, and the team uh, hundreds of requests for new eSIMs to be activated. How do people go about donating eSIMs to people in Gaza if they want to help? If they want to help, they have to buy an eSIM internet package from one of the eSIM providers in Europe and across the world and just take a screenshot of that QR code and send it to get the eSIMs at gmail.com. And, and what kind of feedback have you gotten from people in Gaza who are using the eSIMs that you've been able to collect on their behalf? I have been receiving, me and the team, the most heartwarming responses from people who activated their, their eSIMs. For example, today, someone sent me, when we uh, successfully activated his eSIM, uh, that he's crying nonstop because he wasn't being able to connect to his family for the past four or five days. Uh, so he finally had the chance to um, connect with his family and get assured that they are still alive. But today, for example, I had um, I came across one of the most heartbreaking examples I've seen in connecting Raza for the past seven days. That um, someone from Europe who donated uh, an ESM and his uh, ESM got activated by someone in Gaza and the um, this person in Gaza was using his uh, data that he donated. But um, suddenly, for the past two days, no data was uh, being used. And suddenly, the, the bundle uh, just um, stopped from um, activating. Uh, and this usually start, happens because of maybe he's being killed or he just got bombed. So this was very emotional because we can't get in contact with the person who we provided that isn't to anymore. We will be right back with more of our conversation with Mirna El-Halbawi. She'll tell us how she got started organizing ESIM donations for Palestinians in Gaza. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back with Egyptian journalist Mirna El-Halbawi. How did you figure out that this was um, a way to help? Because you don't consider yourself a tech expert, do you? Not at all. I've been trying to connect uh, the Egyptian Red Crescent and the Palestinian Red Crescent to have a Starlink connection in Gaza. But we failed and we couldn't. So I was really devastated and very furious. And I saw um, a post for Elon Musk on X telling one of the one of the people that he won't be able to provide internet for Gaza uh, without the permission of the US and Israel. So I got really furious and I thought that we have to like figure a way ourselves uh, to provide internet and to connect people again in Gaza. And I was updating my followers on Instagram with each and every step of this process. So a follower, an Egyptian Lebanese follower suggested, hey Myrna, what about ESIMs? 
Do you think we can use them from people abroad to provide internet? So I just made the spontaneous post on my personal account on Instagram. And I said, hey, if you're living in Europe uh, or across the world and you're willing to donate an ISM for to help Palestinians gain back their voices, just send it to me in my inbox and I will send it to people in Gaza. And I've never thought that I would receive thousands of QR codes uh, were floating in my uh, Instagram account that I had to create uh, our official email gazaeseems.gmail.com to receive uh, the QR codes on it. And since then, we've been um, activating ISMs for people in Gaza. So how hard is it to actually make this technology work once they've gotten one of these donated ESIMs? Uh, some people were having uh, troubles were with activating their eSIMs because, uh, as I've just said, the activating an eSIM looks like a, a bit complicated process because it's new for people in Middle East. So we have sometimes you have to assist them step by step, and um, along the way we figured out that not every eSIM can work on every area in Gaza. So Every area uh, requires a different ESIM so, and with different steps of configuration and activating the ESIM. Uh, that's why they were like a bit frustrated in the beginning too, because they were not, the, the ESIMs were not being activated, but we assisted them step by step. And um, as I've said, in, in seven days, we have activated more than 6,000 people. Mm-hmm. I know you're probably taking in a lot of personal stories. You mentioned that a couple minutes ago. Are you doing okay? Oh, what a question. Thank you for asking. Um, no, I'm not doing okay. I'm not. I'm not. I barely sleep because I've been feeling very guilty to sleep and um, let people uh, be waiting in my um, DM looking for a way to connect with their loved ones or the families. I've been feeling guilty because um, I am their only way uh, to connect right now, which is crazy. I'm not okay because especially when you connect personally with uh, people in war zones, it's very, it's, it's a very overwhelming and heartbreaking to, to, to connect with them personally and to hear their stories uh, throughout your um, process with them with activating their ASIMs. People are friendly, people are nice, people are kind, people are uh, simply waiting for death anytime. Someone today just told me, okay, when I activated his ASIM, he was like, okay, thank you. I promise you, if I will stay alive until the Aisha prayers, Muslim prayers, I will pray for you. If not, definitely I will be dead. Other person I was trying to connect and I was um, I was telling him that he, he has to like be in a in different room to try to change his location, maybe get outside of the of the house for better coverage. And he was like, "No, I can't get out of the house because there are airstrikes and bombing uh, next to me. And if I left um, my house, I would be definitely dead. So I have to hear and these stories every day." Or from hundreds uh, and thousands of people. So you can imagine the answer of me being okay or not. 
Mirna El-Helbewi is a journalist based in Egypt. The Guardian reported on how Gazans came to be so reliant on the Israeli government when it comes to internet access. Israel restricts upgrades that Palestinian cellular providers can make to their networks, and so even when the internet works in the Palestinian territories, it runs a lot slower than is the case in Israel, resulting in Palestinians often relying on Israeli SIM cards to get better service. More on that history on our website, marketplacetech.org, as well as reporting from The Washington Post on what life is like in Gaza in a blackout during the war. Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM.